If your job is on life support, you need the job doctor. My brain is a walking database of thousands of case studies on how careers rise and fall. I'll help you diagnose what's really going on. It's the guidance you need to get back on track from someone who's been there. You can make the money you always wanted to make, doing the type of work you have always wanted to do. You may just need a little help from the job doctor. Hello, everyone, and welcome. The job doctor is in today. We are going to talk about reinvention a little bit. I've been working with a lot of companies and and doing keynotes lately on how do you reinvent your company, but also how do you reinvent 2.0 of yourself? And so our first caller today is Andrea. Andrea, welcome to the show. Hey, Tessa. It's good to be here. Thank you for joining. Andrea, before we get started on your specific questions, just give us a little bit of a background on you. What level are you at in your career and what industry do you work in? Great question. I'm probably that uh, C-suite. I've been in that C-suite, emerging C-suite space. Mm -hmm. Um, Having moved often, I've had the opportunity to reinvent myself in different locations. And um, I would say predominantly my industry is nonprofit, healthcare, women's leadership, you know, economic empowerment of women. Oh, interesting. Okay, wonderful. What a combination. So it sounds like you've got a question. Tell me, tell me what's going on and what you'd like help with today. So I've now resigned my current role. And now what? Now what? I'm reinventing myself again. Um, It's interesting having moved eight times in 13 years. There's something about that 18 month to two year cycle. Do you get bored after that long? I think I get bored. I get bored and a little bit antsy. Interesting. Okay. Well, let's start at the beginning then because do you, well, let me ask this. Do you know what industry you want to go into or do you know what you'd like your next step to be? Maybe you've already figured that out or is it really like, oh, I really want to weigh everything out? I really want to weigh everything. I do know that I want to be in a situation where I have some autonomy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I can control my time. Okay. Um, versus being on a clock. And I guess I'm going to say part-time, but it doesn't really have to be part-time. Sure. Okay. It needs to have um, kind of a defined period. Okay. Where there I can kind of, it's almost like project yeah. work maybe. All right, I'm going to ask you then, I, I want to do a very quick version of this analysis. And so stick with me on this. Don't overthink it because we won't have time to go into too much depth. Just I want one to 10, 10 high, one low. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about what's important to you. One to 10, how important is it to you in a job that you feel like you are constantly learning and growing? I would put it pretty close to maybe eight. I mean, I like okay. to have a little structure because, you know, it sure. can be a little, it could be a little scary going into okay. something that is completely new. Okay. Tell me about risk one to 10. And and when I say risk, like a, would you go to a company that's a smaller startup that maybe has some risk associated to it versus Absolutely. a company that's, you know, very firmly planted in the ground. So one to 10. I would put that, um, let's say a nine. Okay. Next one's autonomy. You've already partially answered that, but how important is it that you get to decide how the job gets done and how to get things over the finish line without a particularly prescribed way? 
I would say that's pretty strong. I do like some guidance. So let's put that, let's say a seven. Okay. And then flexibility, you also mentioned. Tell me about mm-hmm. flexibility. That means the ability to have, you know, varied work hours, maybe even work remote versus structured hours. I'd put that at probably a 10. Okay. And then lastly, people. How important is it that you really like the people you work with? Or, you know, some people that's, those relationships are critical. Other people like me, I can work with about anybody. It's not super high on my list. One to 10. I'd say a seven. Okay. All right. So for those at home, I hope you're taking notes and rating yourself. What this tells me, uh, this gives me a map to you. And what this tells me is that you're at a stage where you want to be able to still make impact in a company. So you haven't lost your desire to make impact. You're likely, your score being so high on learning and growing still tells me you're likely to be somebody that likes to go in and build something as long as there's a little bit of structure, but you get bored when you're maintaining. Is that true? Very true. Okay. And it also tells me you could go to a startup and you could do it, but at the same time, you are too experienced and not interested in somebody telling you exactly how to get the job done. Now, some people, as they get older and get into that C-suite, they're just like, no, I, I really just, I want this to be pretty rote, but you don't. You want to have the flexibility to do the job, be treated like an adult. And I like that your people score is a seven. It gives you some flexibility to say, you know, I don't have to connect necessarily with everybody I work with. It would be nice, but it's not a, it's not an absolute have to that I love everybody I work with. So you're in the best possible position to look at lots of different things. That's what I love about this score. But what's most important to me and really stands out is you need to pick a company that matches the fact that you like to build and not just maintain. So you have to pick the right size company. Everything here would suggest to me a small to mid-sized company from, you know, 25 employees to about 500 is going to be a sweet spot for you because it's going to offer a lot of those other things that you're asking for. Now, I don't know. Does that match what you feel your gut says about yourself? It, it does to a certain. So, um, and honestly, being in kind of the nonprofit sector, mm-hmm. 25 to 500, sometimes, you know, having that many colleagues is would would be nice mm-hmm. in, in some ways. So, but I haven't really worked in an organization for a long time that size. It's that been size. more smaller. Smaller, even yeah. smaller. So here's what you shouldn't do. Don't go to a big organization, bigger, like big to me is 500 plus because your job will be so niche. The bigger they get, the more niche the job is and the more you're constrained by the boundaries of that niche. And the smaller the company is, the more broad your job will be and the more hats you get to wear. And so the more interesting it may be to you. But the bigger you go, you're kind of, you're going to get really a narrow slice of something. So that's a principle to think about when you're thinking about going to a new job. Well, and there's an interesting thing about that, having that, in some ways, having that slice within an organization and not Mm -hmm. completely broad seems Mm -hmm. appealing. Interesting. Give me your job title. What was your job title? Vice President of Strategy. I've been a CEO okay. and a president. Great. So Wonderful. I've been Chief Cook and Bottle Washer. Uh-huh. Okay. Great. Well, yeah, I think, it, and, and the typical size of company that you've worked in, what, what has that typically been? 
small. How small? Under 25? Um, less than 25. Less than 25. Okay. I mean, if you calculate employees, mm-hmm. if you calculate volunteers, yeah. uh, it gets larger mm-hmm. than that. Yeah. Closer to that 500. So, And it's been a long time since I've worked with a larger organization, mm-hmm. like early career. Yeah. Yeah. It would be a little bit of a shock to your system to go too big right now. But you have a great resume, based on what I know, at least, a great resume to go up to a, a bigger company, say like 250 or something. A 250 mm-hmm. might be a stretch for you, but a 250 is going to be well enough funded that you probably have some runway. It's going to have a proof of concept already established and you can apply the skills you have and it will be still somewhat of a stretch for you because you've managed less. And that's probably what I would consider doing is, is targeting about 250. At 250, you could get in a, a strategy. If your strategy is your thing and you've done the CEO role and you know about that, you could easily play, you know, a role as the, you know, strategy or operation, maybe an operations in a company of 250 operations and strategy are kind of mixed together anyway with the CEO. Mm-hmm. I think the piece that really, so the strategy and the business development side, mm-hmm. so the connection yes. point is kind of really where my strength is. Mm-hmm. Building out operational process. Yes. Not my not not my love. Okay, so biz dev, so partnerships, yeah. figuring out mm-hmm. who you can partner with to make the company grow. Yeah. yeah, great. Then a biz dev role. If you've been a CEO and strategy done strategy for less than twenty five, a biz dev role would be a very good fit for you, because then you you get to look at mergers and acquisitions, you get to look at funding, you get to look at the story you're telling about your business and how you need to tweak it or what it needs to look like in order to uh, continue growing. And it should feed the need that you have to learn and grow all the time, which I think would be good for you because you're always going to be saying, what's happening in this space? Where are the gaps? Where are the holes? How do we fill it better than somebody else can fill it? Or Mm -hmm. is there an opportunity to merge together with somebody or have a relationship that can help all of us? Um, Do you mind me asking you, do you have a particular industry that you like or that you feel like you're better in or have more experience in than another? Because you've mentioned a lot of different industries that you've worked in. More recently, I've gotten intrigued with the ag tech and sustainability mm-hmm. industry. Okay. Particularly okay. the space that women hold. I was just going to suggest. In that, in, that, in that industry. So mm-hmm. about 20% of the startups in that ag tech industry are women-led yes. companies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like most startups, you know, access to capital mm-hmm. is even lower in yes. ag tech for, for women. So how do you build and support women mm-hmm. to accelerate in, in those sectors? There are a lot of companies that care about that right now, a lot. There's a company out of California I know that is specifically focused on identifying women-owned businesses that need funding and how do we get the money to them and how do we help them be successful. Something like that sounds like it would really work with all the things you do well, Mm -hmm. and that would be something to consider at least. Well, I'd love to check it out. Yeah. So um, we kind of went down a rabbit's hole for a minute on that, but I want to understand, you know, what other questions does this bring to mind or, uh, you know, how else can I help you kind of tailor what you need to do and what steps you need to take next? Yeah. So I, I'm at this 
kind of inflection point, decision point, what would you recommend be my next steps Yeah, to kind of build out? Um, I feel like I have a brand mm-hmm. to a certain extent, but what is the, what would be your thoughts on, do I need to have a website? Do I, I see a lot of people writing books and um, mm-hmm. doing those types of things. I don't think that's me. Okay. I think, okay, so let's start with one principle that I think you need to understand and that you probably do, but I'll reinforce it. If you're not clear on your value proposition, the company's not going to be clear on your value proposition. And the thing you have going against you is you've done a lot of things, in a lot of areas, and that does not make for a really focused resume or a focused job search. You've got to get clear on the one or two types of jobs or job titles that you want or you, it's like throwing spaghetti against a wall and you are going to not get traction, even though you're very talented and have done a lot of great things. Your resume has to speak to that particular job. And if you pick two different jobs or two different industries, you still have to have a unique resume for each one at your level because it has to be so clear how you're solving the problem for that company that you're going to. And at your level, you can't just be a jack of all trades. You have to pitch yourself as, this is the thing I can do for you. This is the problem I can solve for you. And this is why you should hire me. So that's something that you're going to have to get clear on first before you have your job search that I can just tell from um, early discussions is really do some research on that. Are there recommended tools or approaches to getting that clarity? Well, I would say one of the things that we just did is kind of going through this, what's important to you is a great start because what a lot of people will do is they'll say, I'm just going to go work for the company that's listed as the best places to work. You know, they're on the best places to work list or the fastest growing company. And that's such a huge mistake because just because they are listed as a great place to work by, you know, Forbes magazine doesn't mean they're a great place to work for you. It may be a company that's a sink or swim company and you're a person that likes structure and likes to be trained. So likewise, you need to understand what is important to you in order to be successful. And what we've identified is you want to build something without it being, you don't want to do ground up, nothing's built. You want some structure, you've said, and then you want to build from it. And you like building and growing something. So that suggests a certain size of company and or maybe even a slightly bigger company, but a role that hasn't had a lot of, you know, years of experience behind it to to actually drive the the processes and the way it's done. So that's, you need to understand you, what's important to you, size of company, industry, and what makes you tick. You've mentioned women several times. And so I would recommend you start looking for a company and doing searches on fastest growing women owned companies or companies that support women start to find out where the companies are because some will come at it from what I just told you. They're trying to find women-owned companies and help them succeed, but others are companies that are really, really exciting brands for women that also might light you up and be something really exciting to you. And then once you get folk, I go to LinkedIn and I start doing job searches on a couple of titles that seem interesting to me. For you, start with BizDev, Business Development Executive. That'll take you down a rabbit's hole and it'll show you all the similar jobs to BizDev. And you may stumble onto a title that you're like, I had no idea that even existed. Some company may be saying, I want somebody to build sustainability and, um, you know, fix, fix our planet 
and combine it with biz dev, or it might be even a DEI role, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion mm-hmm. role with a company that's really well funded where you go support and build women's groups within it, which you could probably also do. But again, it's a different resume. So go to LinkedIn, see the rabbit hole it takes you down with job titles, and then focus on the few you find and really tailor your resume for that. I think that's where I would start. Okay. Excellent. Some good jumping off, jumping off points. After a, a little uh, meditation time and, you know, collecting, just getting yeah. relaxed. Well, you know, I find the older we get, the more important, at least for me, and a lot of the clients I work with, they'll say, you know, I want to make a difference in the world. I want to not just work to work anymore. And it, it kind of is a grind at that C-suite level. You know, there's a toll it takes on you and a, a price it exacts from you. And at a certain point, you say, it's got to be better than this. And I don't know if you're in that same camp, but certainly Mm -hmm. where you've got the time to pick the right thing, don't just jump to the first person who likes you. Because that's the other thing I see people do is they say, oh, they like me. It's like dating, you know, they like me. So I, I like them back. And that is not the goal. I mean, you're at this stage, you need to be very picky very picky mm-hmm. about the company you go to because those last few experiences are going to shape so much about how you feel about your life and the time that you're spending. It just, be, I don't know, our time, we're more focused on we have a finite time left to make a difference or to do things we love. So don't just jump because somebody offers something. Great advice. Wise yeah. words, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I keep reminding myself of that every day. Well, it sounds like you're on to it already because you you already left your job. You're saying, I'm ready for something else. So you've got the hardest hurdle behind you in that you've already made the change to get out of what you're doing. And now it's just looking forward and picking the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a, it's a scary, it's kind of a scary place oh, yeah. to be when you're used to, you know, having some of that structure and the paycheck and all of those things yes. that go with the job. It's a scary place place to be. Well, just set yourself, uh, mentally set yourself up for six months of whatever job you pick, you're probably going to be freaked out and you're going to say, this is a mistake and it doesn't feel good. And it doesn't feel good because it's uncomfortable. That's usually why it doesn't feel good. Um, Mm -hmm. But give yourself six months. And what I find is when we re-engineer our life and really make this deliberate decision, once you get past the six months of what the hell did I just do, you'll find that all of a sudden you start to feel really alive again. But you got to get through the first six months. So discomfort is a sign you're on the right track, not the wrong track. Good to know. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's, it's, it goes with the uh, expat cycle as well. It's usually that's, it's the same, the six month yes. cycle yes. when you're an expatriate that you kind of go through kind of that storming, norming, transforming, but at first it's excited. And then, then you're like, oh, what did I just do? So Mm -hmm. very, very similar. I did a lot of reading on culture shock. So it's, it's the same. Yeah. Whether you're moving from a country or moving to a job or moving to another state. Yep. The worst job I ever had was the best job I ever had. And most people, when I describe how it felt in the beginning, like I cried in the bathroom every single day. That was, I said, the bathroom was my office for the first six months. (laughs) most people said, why didn't you quit? Well, I don't know, but I didn't. And it ended up being the best job of my career. So I just had to get through that, that period of time. So take that for yourself as well. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's a great nugget to take. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you being on the show and we wish you the best. If I can help in any way, please don't hesitate to reach out. You know how to reach me. I know how to find you. Yes, I'll be very anxious to hear where you land and and how things work out for you. Um, Thank you, Tessa. Appreciate it. You're so welcome. And I'm going to, one more thing I recommend at your level. Once you settle on your job, I want you to hire a professional resume writer. If you need help, I can connect you with some people, but it's worth the $500 to $1,000 you're going to pay for a good person to, mm-hmm. to position you for the role you decide on. It's worth every penny at your level. <laughs> so I would like to offer that up as well. Yeah, I would uh, absolutely like that recommendation. Okay. All right. Well, I just thank want to say thank much. you. It's such a pleasure to get to know you a little bit. You too. Take care. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you like my podcast, you will absolutely love my book. It's called The Unspoken Truths for Career Success, Navigating Pay, Promotions, and Power at Work. I wrote it because I could see that people didn't understand why some people got ahead and some people's career stayed stagnant. So if you're interested in building a more frictionless career path for yourself and having a better experience with work, this is a book that you need to have. It's called The Unspoken Truths for Career Success. You can buy it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or go to my website at thejobdoctor.com.